episode 15, Rochelle's 65-pound weight loss success story. Welcome to the School of Weight Loss podcast, where we relearn how to lose weight so you can reach your goal weight with less wasted effort, money, and time. This is the podcast that uses evidence-based tips and tools to simplify weight loss for the busy moms who've tried it all. If you're tired of endless dieting, a tired mom, and ready to learn what works, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, obesity medicine certified physician, life and weight loss certified coach, Dr. Emily Vinzant. Let's get this lesson started. Hello, mamas. I'm thrilled to have Rochelle Love with me today to talk to you all about her success story. And I love to interview my mamas to talk about how they've created these phenomenal weight loss results. Rochelle is at her goal weight, has been at her goal weight. You know, she fluctuates a little bit in that, but that's a very, very normal phenomenon. And I love to think through what I loved about their journey that stood out for me and have them share a little bit more about that. So Rochelle's going to also share a bit about the Mediterranean diet with you all, as well as buffers. Buffers have been a big thing for Rochelle. Buffers are generally using something external to create an emotion. And for some of us through weight loss, we may see that we go to other things to fulfill that same need instead of looking to ourselves. So Rochelle has done so much work on this and made so much progress. And she's even created a fun handout for our group. So I'm going to have her share a little bit about that as well. So thank you, Rochelle, for joining me today. Yes. Thank you for having me. Tell everybody a little bit about your weight loss journey, kind of what you thought when you first started, what were your thoughts coming into your weight loss process? Well, I still, you know, I think having that short-term diet mentality was pretty, you know, important at the time. So like I focused a lot on the diet rules in the beginning. Very common. Yes. And you picked a different diet than some of the ladies picked. You picked the Mediterranean diet. And I know you shared a little bit about that in my bonuses on diets, but share with everyone today why you picked the Mediterranean diet. The Mediterranean diet to me is the most sustainable diet for me. I tried some of the other diets and they didn't work for me. You know, the low carb just caused me some health issues. And so I'm like, no, let's try the Mediterranean. And it was like, that's what I want to do. So, but I'm also um, eating gluten-free most of the time. And so that is, you know, a little bit more of a challenge, but it's very doable on the Mediterranean diet. So I chose that diet because it's the most sustainable one I can follow. Yeah. And I love that you were able to tweak within the diet. Were you already doing gluten-free before you started Mediterranean or did you add gluten-free onto Mediterranean? Yeah, I was already trying to do gluten-free before the Mediterranean. I just learned that my body is happier when I'm not on gluten and sugar for that matter too. Yeah. They both feel the same, huh? Yes. I have less inflammation and I sleep better. God, those are the biggest non-scale victories that people sometimes miss. What are some of the non-scale victories that you've seen? You said sleep. Yep. Sleeping better. Just less, less achy in the joints. Yeah, achy. Um, also, it's just easy for me to follow the diet. You can go anywhere in any restaurant and be able to stay on your food fuel formula. You know, 
That's such an interesting thing because I think people feel like they wouldn't be able to eat out on a diet like a Mediterranean diet, except for maybe going to like a Mediterranean restaurant. I find that a lot of people don't pick it because they don't understand it well. So what surprised you most about the Mediterranean diet in terms of eating out? Well, there's a lot of different restaurants that have different cultures, you know, of foods like the Mediterranean Sea is you know, there's a lot of different countries surrounding the Mediterranean Sea. So it's not just like Italian and Greek, you know, it's Moroccan and Libyan, all these other countries. And so you can enjoy a variety of foods. And I also think you can really go to any restaurant and just pick the foods that fit into the Mediterranean category. It doesn't have to be Mediterranean, actually, you know. That's very true. So like, for instance, if you're going to a steakhouse, you get fish, right? Or you could find a salad with a vinaigrette dressing. Like you think that it has to be very specific. Like people think, oh, I just have to eat falafel. And that's not true. (laughs) Mediterranean diet is a diet that's high unsaturated fats. And you can have whole wheat pastas and those sorts of things and beans with it and a lot of fish, right? With less dairy. What would you say was the biggest kind of sticking point. People always wonder, like you got through the first part, you said, you know, you were so obsessed with the rules. How did you get out of that rule following in order to truly get all the way to a 65 pound goal weight, weight loss result for you? Yes. The rules of the diet are not the most important thing. It's you have to create the rules that work for you, that makes it sustainable for you. And so I'm still in the process of creating the rules that I want to follow for my life. And so that's something you have to think about. Can I eat this way for the rest of my life? So you have to create those rules for yourself. I love that. I love that because it's true, right? Like this is the way you're going to be eating for the rest of your life. And for many of us, and I know Rochelle, this has been part of your journey is that that number motivating you is like, well, I can do this for a while. But then when you're like you are now living at your goal weight, it's like, wait, now I'm going to figure out how to do this going forward. What would be your biggest piece of advice for ladies who are in that position and are looking at learning how to do this and make this work for the rest of their lives? Good question. For me, I'm learning that it's progress over perfection. So I can have an exception from time to time that helps to make it sustainable. We can't be perfect every time we eat. We need to learn to allow ourselves an exception and don't beat ourselves up if we do end up falling off. We just get right back up and keep on going. And that's important. So true. That's so true. One of my favorite quotes from Rochelle ever was when she talked about, well, this is the first diet where I've ever really looked at my relationship with food instead of just following the rules. And I think that that is the game changer, right? It's very easy to still shift back into that mindset where you're like, but I'm not being perfect. So I'm going to beat myself up on it. And all we do is tack on so much more negativity about it instead of being willing to be like, well, that didn't work. Let's retry it. (laughs) 
Exactly. So one of the things that I noticed about Rochelle's journey that I wanted her to share a little bit about it, and I shared this in the intro, was buffers, right? Buffers are things that we use externally to create feelings for us. So ladies, food for us has been a crutch. It's a buffer in that way. It's something external when we feel bad that we go to. For all of us, we have other buffers in our lives. And for some of us, it becomes stronger and stronger when we start losing weight. So for some of you guys, you may find that you turn to social media for that, or maybe you start shopping for that. Or some people, this is a big one with bariatric surgery. There's a huge increased risk of alcoholism after that, because you can still drink alcohol where you can't eat as much food, right? We all have these coping objects that we use for emotions. And it was interesting to watch Rochelle's journey because she kind of kept going to different buffers as she lost more weight in order to create those feelings. So share with us, Rochelle, a little bit about what you've learned about buffers for you. Thank you. I want to start with what were my thoughts? Because that's a really important thing. I had some thought errors and some of the thought errors I had were I need to forget my worries for a while. I just need to, you know, whatever was in the forefront of my mind was causing me discomfort. And I wanted to just like distract myself and forget about my worries. The other thing is just one of the buffering behaviors that I participated in a lot was I love shopping, especially thrift stores. It's like, I'm going on a little treasure hunt and it's a distraction and it was fun, but it got a little out of hand. So I was bringing that down. And the other one thing I'd like to say is, one of the other buffers, things that I noticed what I buffered was when I'm tired, I tended to want to buffer more. I needed a snack to get me through the day, you know, and the distraction was to avoid feeling the discomfort, the distraction of my buffering. And I've learned that if you avoid the discomfort, it's only going to lead to more discomfort. How does that show up? That's so true, Rochelle. It's like, When we try to stuff down a feeling, guys, you'll know this feeling because it just keeps popping back up, right? It's like something bad happens and you stuff it down and it just keeps popping back in your mind. And for many of us, like Rochelle, you know, when you're going through losing weight and you're no longer using food to produce that emotion, you start looking to other places to produce that emotion. And you're not alone, actually, with the thrift store shopping. I've had more than a few ladies go to that. Why do you think you went to the thrift store shopping? Well, I realized that, you know, I can go broke pretty quickly shopping on Amazon. So that was kind of like a alternative, save money. I told myself I was saving money. So that was yeah. part of it. Isn't it funny, guys? I want you to recognize that's exactly why I say we buffer with food. It's cheap, it's easy, and it's accessible. Like Amazon was becoming too expensive. So now you just went to the next cheap, easy, and accessible buffer, right? I think that's why food becomes such a buffer for us moms who think that you know, we can't spend the money or the time on ourselves. And it's funny because Rochelle would tell me like she would go after work on the way home to the thrift stores. It became a pretty regular occurrence, right? Exactly. It was. It was. And I would say to her, I think you're just picking up another buffer. And at first she's like, no, I just need new clothes, right? We can justify it. We're like, yeah, I do need new clothes. And I feel good about the way that I look. The true thing about a buffer though, guys, is that 
yeah, Rochelle did need new clothes. Like at first it served a purpose, but what she found with time was that it was becoming more than she needed. It was like fulfilling a feeling instead of being a genuine need. How did you recognize that Rochelle? Cause a lot of people don't even recognize that. Well, under your coaching, you kept talking about what I was doing was buffering. And I thought, I think I'm going to make a buffering log for myself just so I can really help myself to begin to recognize these behaviors as they were happening. So I made this log and I did it for a good three weeks and I pretty much knew what I was buffering. And so anytime I was doing any of those particular behaviors, I would write that in my log, what time it happened. And I would put down, did I pause? Did I think about it before I went ahead and succumbed to it? So did I give into the, you know, buffering craving or not? And then what was my feeling at the time or my thoughts? And I would write these down. It's almost like a form of a journal, but this was in a log. And then I also put down in the log, if I decided I did not want to buffer, I was not going to do that. I wanted to pick a different healthy alternative. And so I would write down what I would do with that. I love that. I want you guys to hear the amount of thought that went into this for Rochelle. And she's really done the work with this. I mean, it, it, it shows you can see why Rochelle has reached her goal weight and is able to live more fully without buffers. When you hear the level of work that she's been willing to do, because here's the thing, as she said, I told her, I'm like, I think you've got a buffer here. She could have been like, yeah, okay. I've got a buffer and just gone on to the next one. Right. <laughs> or she yeah. could have said, this is a healthier buffer. But instead, she said, listen, this is just me trying to create comfort through something that isn't serving a purpose in my life. What if instead I started to really recognize that? And she put the work into changing it. It became very obvious to her because she did the work. Right. That's why it became obvious. She showed up and she's like, all right, this is another buffer. What's the feeling you're trying to avoid? What is the action that you're doing? And why are you thinking that shopping is the answer now to discomfort? And for Rochelle, I know it was a little bit of like wanting that time before she got home to relax and not exactly knowing what to do with that time. Whereas many of us, it's just putting food in our mouths to relax when we don't know what to do with those feelings, right? It would go on potentially to the next thing to fulfill the same purpose. So how in control do you feel at this point of your weight, Rochelle, and of your buffering? So I'm just a couple of pounds up above my goal weight and it's very doable. And I will get back to that goal weight, but it is a slow process because I'm doing all of the work you know, with the buffering and getting my mind in a good place, you know, to maintain my weight. And some of the feelings, you know, when I was buffering, I was trying to avoid, you know, some of the feelings that I was having, some of them were the discomfort, feeling guilt, avoidance, just avoiding in general, trying to not deal with my feelings and fearful. Fear is a big one for a lot of people. You've grown up, with all these buffers for so long. And when you let them go, it can be something that very scary, I guess is the word. I think that that is such a great point. It's brings up for me, one of the most common things that I hear people say, and it sounds strange until you understand where it comes from, but people will tell me that they overeat to feel in control. Like it's a sense of control. And 
it sounds strange from an outside standpoint. It's like, what does food create control? But it is escaping from the fear, right? And that's what all of these buffers are. It's like, well, if I can go just buy something at a thrift store that's cheap and basically stepping in for food, then I can run away from the fear and feel good for a minute. But on the back end, I'm still spending my life trying to find something new to fill that spot to run away from the fear with. So yeah, I think that there's a lot to be said about that. And it's a very common issue that is behind it all. And where I would say what we do in coaching is very different than any like fad diet, because you're never going to figure that out through a fad diet, right? Exactly. So I want you to share one last thing with us. Tell us how your life is different now at your goal weight. Well, for sure, my life is more life-focused and less food-focused. And it's kind of like the beginning of the life that I'm trying to create for myself. So I can go on to other areas of my life. And that's what I'm working on now in setting new goals for myself. If I can lose weight, and maintain that, I can do anything. Girl, you just gave me goosebumps. I mean, seriously, that's so true. I mean, you've dieted your whole adult life. And losing weight in a way that is sustainable is like, what if that wasn't the obstacle anymore? Exactly. Right? Your thoughts around food can take up a lot of your time. And it's time for me to move on to other things in life and goals that I have for myself and not let my brain be consumed with thinking about food all the time. And I love my cute crocheted hat and scarf I got from you. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. I love it. Thank you so much. Listen, ladies, if you can relate to Rochelle's journey, we all can. I mean, she has put in the work. Would you say it's been harder or easier than you thought it would be, Rochelle? I can say easier, but at the same time, I felt like I was climbing a mountain. If that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, because it is a mountain, right? It is. But when I got up to the top, I was like, wow, it was so worth it. Yeah, it's it's funny where you put your brain, right? It's like when I am refocused on this being long-term, I'm willing to look at buffers, I'm willing to look at where my brain goes. I'm willing to look at where I want to go to open space to live the future I want. And it's worth it in the end. Yes, it is. Thank you so much for joining me, Rochelle. You have such an amazing story. And I appreciate you taking the time to share it with everybody and especially your buffering work, because I think that that is so incredibly relatable to so many women. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And all I can say is thank you for all the coaching and everything that you've you know, invested in me and it's made all the difference. Yes, you made the difference, but I just get to do the fun part. Yes, I create the life that I want that aligns with my goals. It's all me. I'm in charge of my life. Absolutely. And you're doing it one day at a time. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, mamas, if you can relate to Rochelle's amazing weight loss success story, if you're ready to open space to become that lighter version of you and create the future you want through your weight loss journey, consults are open for a few more days for my Weight Loss for Modern American Moms coaching group. The link to find out more is in the show notes. 
If you love today's show, make sure to share it with a mom who needs to hear it too. Leave me a review and click subscribe to get all of the latest lessons from the School of Weight Loss podcast. Ready to reach that goal weight? Head on over to drmommy.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-M-O-M-E.com to learn more about Weight Loss for Modern American Moms, my virtual weight loss coaching program.